Strange and Mordor in the morning. <laughs> the following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. We're the Elsers. Welcome to the Elsners, a Galactic Network production. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes, subscription links, go to elsners.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com. On Elsners, we will talk about a lot of stuff, and we'll be pretty frank about it. And we may even use the swears. Yeah. So, Corey, how you been? I it's been a weird day. It's been a weird day, and we'll talk about that when we get to nerding out. But uh, it's it's been a weird day. Yeah. Um. So, bit of life update stuff. Um. One, I'm not exactly sure when the show is going to be next week. I think maybe Tuesday. Um. But that's mainly going to be because I'm going to be up north in northern Michigan doing the, the I guess it has a name, the Mighty Mac uh, Bridge Walk for labor day so nice yeah so we're going we're doing saturday staying there saturday sunday and monday and surprised a whole bunch of people at my church because i'm actually taking a sunday off they're like wait what you're not gonna be here i'm like yeah no i'm gonna be up at, i'm gonna be up in like mackinac city and all that stuff um but yeah so that should be fun and all that stuff and then um also, I have a job that I will be starting next week, so that'll be fun too. Congratulations! <laughs> I work. F- I work. I've heard that pimping ain't easy, so exactly. I wish you the best. Yeah, I work in, or I will be working, because um, I did some of the training videos. Don't know exactly how many I was supposed to have done, so I might just do more and be an overachiever. Um, All the videos. Well, there's like they say, like, oh, there's this new hiring ones. But I, I will be working at Target through another company in Target Mobile. And nice. Yeah, and it's a... Um, <laughs> Beats saying, use the Silicon Valley jerk-off formula. Um, it's, it, which it's, in a way, with how I explain it to people, especially with, um, with my friends who are church-going people who, do, who are boycotting Target because of the whole... We're gonna let transgendered people go to the bathroom of their choice, sort of deal. And personally, and if my friends see this and they want to bring it up to me, I'll be like, I will say it again. I look at this in a very similar way Trevor Noah looks at this. Everyone's going to the bathroom. I when I go to the bathroom, I don't wanna see another penis. I barely wanna see my penis. I look down enough to make sure I'm hitting the target and then I look up. I look up. If you're looking at the target, you're doing better than most people. (laughs) Sort of deal. And so it's like I get in there, I do my shit, sometimes literally, and then I wash my hands and get out. Sort of deal. I don't really care who's in there, whether they were born a man, a woman, whatever. I don't care. You know, because. And I will will go a little bit uh, differently, which is not dissimilar in in the, the mentality of it, which is. I believe that all bathrooms, uh, at least the stalls, should be hermetically sealed, like the trash compactor in Star Wars, for much of the same reasons. 
uh, I I just think that they should be completely private, and uh, I don't want to see you, smell you, know that you're there. <laughs> I don't want to be asked to hand you toilet paper underneath the stall wall. Uh, no, we should we should be pooping individually is how I feel about it. I also yeah. don't trust urinals. Uh, I think that they are basically uh, just freakish, and uh, I just I can't handle it. I just can't yeah. handle it. So I have a lot of bathroom hangups. And uh, we can go into a story about that on another show. But I, I do... We'll do that believe... tomorrow on Galactic Radio. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, what your gender is. Just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Uh, I... Exactly. And, and, don't, and don't get me wrong. I see why the, why the people who bring up the scenarios, they bring them up. But... <laughs> But, but, at... but this, knowing that they're the same scenarios have been brought up about gay people that have been brought up about people of different races, yeah. it's we, we've seen this argument over and over again. It's just a repeat with a different group yeah. uh, stuck into the, the hard spot on it. And it's, it's very annoying and bothersome that we still can't seem to get a clear focus on what's important. And I'll tell you what, public restrooms, really not. You, know, you so. missed a great opportunity to pimp out a book. Because you said, you, we're, we're looking over one thing. Everybody poops. Uh, yeah. Oh, how but, I'm on fire with these. This is two podcasts in a row where I've had the, I was able to correct someone with the joke. That's great. I did that yesterday with Dave. It was awesome. So, so you're pooping a target professionally now. Um, yes. Good for you. I don't, and honestly, it's one of those things like I, because I'm, techni- I work in Target. I work in Target Mobile. That's my area, but I don't work for Target. I work for a separate company called Market Source. Yeah, you're you're a vendor. Yeah. Uh, you're a vendor rep that comes in. I understand how th- we used to. There were plenty of the people who came like that for Best Buy. Um, Actually, tons be- of places to do that. I believe with. Or at least with how their video said, the HP reps at Best Buy are under the same umbrella as I am. Yep, sort of deal. But um, which is just which is cool to see, cool to think about. Um, but anyways, so and and it shouldn't interfere too much with my schedule because from what they say, I'm working three days, and I set those three days. So that's like nice. hell's yeah. Um, but that is something else that we will talk that I will figure out later on. Let's get into some news, shall we? Let's. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the first one is that Deadpool creator and Image Comics co-founder Rob Liefeld is bringing back Youngblood in 2017. Now, I put this in here because I like Rob Liefeld. I like the stuff that he's doing. Um, I love Dare- Deadpool. I almost said Daredevil. <laughs> like, I love Daredevil. What does that have to do with Rob Liefeld? Nothing. I just wanted to tell you that. But the news is out that this is uh, cool, and they're going with the thing they have all new Youngblood. But I figured also maybe you had read Youngblood, or you could tell, so you could tell us what this is and get me more excited about superhero books over at Image Comics. All right, so uh, yeah, in the uh, early '90s when Image formed. Uh, based off of a bunch of creators leaving Marvel Comics and going over and uh, 
making their own company to do something creator-owned as opposed to doing all their best work for, you know, Marvel or DC. They basically, they quit Marvel, and then they went next door to DC, and they said, by the way, we're not going to work for you either. Because DC <laughs> was salivated, and, like, all the great artists from, from Marvel just left. Oh, great, you know, we're going to get to sign them now, and we're going to get them on our books as opposed to Spider-Man and X-Force and X-Men. They're like, oh, no, we're not doing that either. Uh, now, obviously, they've all wound up at some point going back and doing work for these companies again, but Image is still around. Here we are, what, 30 years later? And Image, st- or uh, 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Image still exists. Uh, Image is thriving. It is the Image. third biggest publisher in the world. Yeah, Image but it's very Top Cow different. and a few other imprints too, so... Well, Top Cow was part of Image. Oh, was it? Initially. Okay. Sylvester was part of the, the group. But it's a very different company, but the mentality of it is still the same, which is creator-owned work, uh, creators driving the work, that sort of thing. I, it's not the... I mean, when when it came out, a lot of the properties were very similar in the ideas or at least some of the looks of what we were already seeing from these creators at the other companies. So Youngblood had a lot of similarities to X-Force and to other properties that Rob was a fan of, like Legion of Superheroes or Teen Titans. Um, Jim Lee doing Wildcats had a lot of similarities, at least in look to X-Men. Uh, same thing with Cyberforce from Mark Silvestri. Savage Dragon by uh, Eric Larson could have been, if you squinted, looked at as another version of the Hawk with a big fin on his head, although the characterization was very different. Making him a cop was kind of a cool idea. Uh, Spawn was very different from Spider-Man, but at that point in time, what Todd McFarlane was doing with Spider-Man was very dark, and uh, thematically, you could tell that that's kind of where he wanted to take Spider-Man, but he couldn't, and that's part of the reason why he quit the book anyways, is because he was being limited on what he could do. So... Yeah, the first incarnation of of Image and certainly the the first books um, by these creators and Youngblood being the premier title were sort of like another Marvel. And Youngblood at that point in time was, uh, from Rob Liefeld's Extreme Studios, was very extreme, was 90s extreme. Uh, and a lot of his, his books you can kind of pick at and say, oh, well, this is... Supreme, Supreme is obviously Rob's version of Superman. And this book over here is Rob's version of Cable, and this book is whatever. Uh, Be that as it may, 25 years later, the company still exists. Some of the books have been continuously coming out in that time, Uh, Savage Dragon being one of them, Spawn being another one. Not always... I mean, Savage Dragon, Eric Larson's done that book the entire time. He's always been this, the head of it. He's always been writing the story and drawing pages and everything month in, month out. Wow. That guy is just on fire. Like that's, yeah. It's very prolific creator. And, and I think Rob even mentions in the article or in the interview where he's first talking about this new Youngblood book that you know Larson is like the backbone of the entire company. Uh, Eric Stephenson, who is the publisher for Image now, uh, is started out with Extreme Studios writing stuff for Rob, writing for Youngblood, uh, wrote New Men, which was one of my favorite comics at the time, and I'm always constantly, like, anytime I get a chance to get Stephenson's ear, I'm like, 
I want new men again. Uh, I have told Rob and other people associated with Rob on a number of occasions, I would give body parts to be able to write Kid Supreme. Um, no one's taken up on me. It took me up on it yet. <laughs> but so, Rob uh, talked to a guy who was working on the X-Men 92 comic, who was a big fan of, of Youngblood back in the day, uh, and he's like, hey, you know, it, it's always been my dream to write Youngblood, and Rob's like, great. You know, if someone tells you it's your dream, it's their dream to do this, then that's the person you want to hire. And uh, so he's like, sure, great. You know, I've, I've been wanting to do something. We're coming up with the 25th anniversary. Let's let's get something made. And then he found this artist on Twitter, and the same thing. The guy's like, it's it has always been my dream. This was my favorite book growing up. I love these characters. So he drew some redesigns of uh, the Youngblood characters to kind of modernize them a little bit. And Rob's like, you have no idea how perfect your timing is you know, here's my number, give me a call, and uh, let's let's talk this out. And so this guy's like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking get to draw Youngblood <laughs> uh, for Rob Liefeld and for Image Comics. And Image Comics uh, it has, has changed some of the rules on things, so, like, now you can't solicit a book until you have three issues in the can, like, completed. Uh, they won't even solicit it, so it's not a, a matter of, like, Rob himself has had issues in the past of getting stuff out on time. Uh, he's not the only one. Uh, and and the big two companies do a lot of that, too. And Rob, when he worked for DC in the last couple of years, got three books out on time every month uh, consecutively. He wasn't drawing them all, but he was writing them all and drawing at least one of them. So... Like you can you can say what you want, and a lot of people like to pick on Rob on the internet and everything. But I've always liked the guy. Uh, he's a great family guy if you kind of follow him around in just his general life. And he's seeing a lot of success right now because Deadpool is a beloved character. Cable, another character that he co-created, is the next thing that's going to wind up hitting these uh, screens. So obviously, Youngblood being all his baby. He'd like to see that happen for them. There's been a couple of times when it was, uh, there was a cartoon series that was, I think they made the pilot, but it just never made it to air. And there were action figures done by McFarland Studios and everything. So it's kind of a great thing. I am excited by the new artist. I think the the takes on them, the Vogue look uh, for that character in particular is very inspired. It has kind of a French spy kind of yeah. look. She's wearing a beret and has that kind of domino mask. But it individualizes each of the characters. Uh, Shaft is a really different take. He's just more of a modern-day hunter. I don't know if that's exactly what they're going to do, because we see some of the, the classic looks for the characters in the artwork that's displayed as well. But I'd like to see some of this stuff transfer over. And yeah, like I said, I love extreme comics. I always loved the potential that was there, and I'm obviously not alone, because you've had people like Mark Miller, Alan Moore wrote some of the most prolific storylines, uh, some beloved stuff that he was doing for Rob's comics, doing Supreme and doing a uh, Young Blood series, uh, or basically an entire Extreme Studios series that covered all the different characters. Um, Kurt Busiek, just some great people have worked on these books and these characters before, so it's it's cool to see them get this next incarnation out there. 
So my question for you then is, with Alan Moore's work over there, is this something that he will acknowledge that he's a fan of? Or is this, like, a lot of the other stuff that everyone loves that he's like, yeah, that was shit? Or, well, I, I mean, really it. it's hard to say. Alan Moore, what he's interested in in comics now, seems like it's a very different thing. But I I don't think he has the bad the bad relationship with what he did with Extreme versus what he had with DC Comics yeah. because of the, the way that he was treated there. Um, and because that to this day, they're still trying to bleed out Watchmen yeah. when the rights of that, conceivably, he had thought were going to be returned to him at some point. Uh, they've they've just... They, they've made a bad relationship with him. And it seems like now as they are introducing Watchmen characters in the mainstream DC universe, they're just doing everything they can to screw the guy a little bit harder. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, they own the characters. That's that's reality. It's the talk to Jack Kirby. Yeah. But, and, and that's another thing, is Kirby did work with Image Comics uh, nice. at that point in time. Rob had licensed Kirby's uh, Agent America character for a little while after he had left Marvel with the Captain America thing that he'd done with Heroes Reborn. So, yeah, that's, that's some huge pedigree that's yeah. happened in Extreme Studios. Would Moore say that it's his best work? Maybe not, but it was it was done in such a way that was a homage to the classic superheroes. And when he stopped doing it, he went over and started doing America's Best Comics, the ABC line, through Wildstorm. And uh, that was much in that same vein. So you got Gray Shirt and Top Ten and Promethea and all of those books were kind of like what he was doing at Extreme Studios and he just kind of took that mentality onto this next step. And the only reason I think that he stopped working on those books um, and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is because of the deal he had with Wildstorm Studios when Wildstorm got acquired by DC. Uh, same thing. It's like he just got put in bed with his enemy that he did not want that, and he had, he had had that up front with Jim Lee when he started, and so that was kind of a bad place to be. Yeah. All right, the next story I want to talk about, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know exactly how I feel about this. And this is that Brian Singer and Peter Rice both talk about um, FX's Legion and the start and and how that's it's intertwined in the uh, in the uh, X Men universe of movies. Um, so this came out during an interview um, with them, and first off, we should probably point out that or at the uh, this came out on this past Thursday during an Edinburgh Television festival session with the uh, director writer producer brian singer who's done the x-men franchise the usual suspects house and peter rice chairman and ceo of 21st century fox's networks group um the longtime collaborators had an on-stage conversation during a game changer session at the fest about the relationship between entertainment executives and creatives highlighting their their collaborations of more than 20 years and the part that i honestly why this has me so uneasy is the legion tv series sounds awesome um the last title that they gave with um with i think was x-men legacy during the marvel now launch uh with the legion character 
I loved. It was really cool. Um, I actually have a couple of the issues that I bought in paper, um, you know, from a comic book store. And, but the X-Men movies have been letting me down like year after year after year so much so where it's like I didn't see this last one I haven't even I haven't even given it the um the Batman versus Superman treatment and you know find another way of watching it it's just I haven't met I'm like yeah it'll come out on FX later you know next year or whatever and I'll watch it then you know as the as they play it 50 times over the course of three days and I don't know if that necessarily brings gives me faith in this program in the show. You know, if it if it's tied to something lackluster, then doesn't that mean it's probably going to be lackluster itself? I think we should take what he said in the context. Uh, Singer discussed Legion uh, while well, that he's executive producing for FX, saying it is designed to be a series that is part of the X Men universe. But when you watch it. You wouldn't have to label it. It could exist completely on its own. This is someone hedging their bets. And this is someone saying, oh, it's related to X-Men if you're into the X-Men films. But if you're not into the X-Men films, don't worry about it. And it's the same kind of bullshit that, that corporate people speak when they say, oh, well, it's okay that we have a Barry Allen on TV and a different Barry Allen in the movies, just think of them as in their their different respective universes, and they could always conceivably cross over someday, only they never fucking will. <laughs> uh, and it's about the same as what Marvel's now stepping back from when they introduce Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spun out of the Marvel movies, and there's crossovers and everything, the universes coexist, and now it's like, Maybe they coexist. Maybe they don't coexist. Certainly, the show never affects the movies. The movies only affect the show. Uh, and now they're walking back a little bit on the Netflix stuff too, saying, "Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're all part of the same universe, and there are some references that have happened in the show, but you might might not expect to ever see those characters up on the screen." Because it's just, it's harder to film and everything. It's like, no, we were kind of led to believe that all this shit was interconnected. And that's kind of what made it fucking cool. They're all great shows in their own respects. But don't fucking dance around it. And and don't cut my balls and tell me that you're blowing me when it's like a half and half. That's fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> my point is, is that Legion looks amazing. And Legion looks yeah. amazing to me because it's not of the same mindset as the X-Men movies. I think I might have reviewed the last one on here at one point, and I was... I, I can't say I was hugely disappointed by it just because my expectations have been so low after the last four X-Men films. Uh, and, and I don't include Deadpool in that because Deadpool is its own fucking thing. It, it, yes, it's part of the X-Men universe in the same sense. It's like, oh, well, here's Colossus, and Colossus was at the mansion, and so obviously part of the X-Men, because Colossus has been in the other movies, except he was completely fucking different in the other movies. And he actually uh, talked nothing like this character. Yeah, he actually got to speak, other than saying, I can help you. No, go help them, dude. I, uh, I'm fucking Wolverine. Uh, yeah. I got this. I took my shirt off. So the next <laughs> 80 minutes of the movie is going to be about me? Thanks. Um, 
I'm not a fan of where the X-Men movies have gone, and I don't need this to be a part of it. I've also never been a big fan of the Legion character, Mm -hmm. but I didn't read the X-Men Legacy book, and I did hear great things about it um, after the fact. Yeah. This just looks so good, but it looks good to me because it's by the people who did the Fargo series, and those people know how to make a compelling story and a great show. So I see this trailer, and I'm like... This is fucking amazing. And I was just at the comic store, and they were saying, well, what do you think about Legion? And it's like, I don't know what it has to do with anything. You're right. It doesn't have to do with anything, and thank God. You know, it's yeah. just... It, sh- it should get to be its own thing. It's it's cool that they get to announce that there are mutants, and mutants are a part of it and everything, but I don't expect to see a bunch of people running around in blue and yellow spandex. The one, the one that I actually am more curious about uh, like in ser- in for a series are excuse me are the like Evan mentioned before the show well are we going to talk about the new mutants uh, or not new mutants uh new warriors uh TV show and yeah the or, new warriors squirrel girl TV show yeah, series and which I think is being looked at as a half hour comedy yeah uh which is closer to powerless uh, yeah, Powerless, is the the NBC uh, airing DC Comics show, um, but with that, and then the other, the other, the Runaway show on Hulu, those I'm more intrigued about because it's one of those things where I'm like, well, you have like, especially like you have the Runaways, where you have Molly Hayes who's a mutant, and you have all these other characters that are that their backstories heavily involve other like alien races and stuff like that that belong to that are currently under license to Fox. So how do they make that work more than this? This well, said, the oh, Fox the Fox TV stuff isn't in lined up the same way as the movie stuff, but they they still they can make deals on those easier than they can have crossovers in the films. Um, but it certainly seems to make sense that if Marvel's making uh, constellations and saying, okay, sure, go ahead and do a TV series with with X-Men characters in it, but then let us use this mutant character over here in this other thing. You know, that's the, the backdoor deals that can work out because there's not a lot riding on these things. We know the genre TV is already so touch and go, like, most of these shows don't, especially on Fox or FX, yeah. don't last more than a season. Uh, the Hulu stuff is still kind of a crapshoot as to what kind of success it's going to see. Marvel's doing fine with everything that they put onto Netflix, and they're hitting their fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. You can argue that it might not make it much past the point of where it gets to be serialized and uh, gets its reruns, its syndication, but it's still, it's there. It's it's had success. It's moving around, and they've also had Agent Carter. I don't think Marvel's hurting, and there's certainly things they can do to talk away the mutant aspect, just like they did for Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver mm-hmm. in the movies. It, mutant's just a word. You can call them something else. You can call them fucking inhumans, as far as Marvel's concerned, because they keep trying. Fucking ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> but you keep trying, people. Yeah. Um. I I I just think with this, 
like the X-Men movies don't have a continuity. It's already totally fucked. You know, if you look at Wolverine Origins, if you look at the differences of how characters act between movies two and three, and then when they go into Days of Future Past, and suddenly <laughs> older brothers are younger brothers, and older sisters didn't exist, and uh, fuck you for even trying to make sense of this shit, but we're just going to keep doing it anyway, uh, it doesn't fucking matter. It yeah, just really doesn't matter. There's, there's like, this the one guy who's trying to make track keep track of all of it and his room just looks like he's trying to solve a murder like i mean i would love it if legion made a joke like that yeah if legion just like the reason why he's so fucked up in the head is because reality keeps changing around him and it's just brian singer (laughs) standing in front of a notebook (laughs) like well fuck it now in this reality uh nightcrawler is green and he doesn't teleport anymore he can just bend and suck his own dick i think that that's great it sounds like a pool party Sorry, bad joke. Bad joke, Brian Singer. <laughs> I, I don't hurt you that way. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I just, like, I just, I don't fucking care. Let the yeah. let the fucking <laughs> show be the show. The show looks great. Um, hopefully it succeeds. It, I, I loved Scream Queens last season, and that thing's dumb as shit. So, <laughs> I, and that's coming back. It, it's just, yeah, give um, it a shot. Yeah, other. I realize I sort of want to save this one, but I'm not, because uh, this is the news, and I don't think anything else has been has come out about it. But this is that Image Comics is their headquarters is relocating to Portland. Um, and they're so and according to the article which we got five days ago, now. Um, and while there is no official confirmation or comment yet, um, that is the rumor that it's going to be moving. They're going to be moving their phys- physical operations from Berkeley, California to Portland, Oregon in the near future. And this, I believe, would be the third move for them headquarters wise, slowly moving up the Pacific Coast Highway, um, going from they were in the Los Angeles area, then going up to uh, Berkeley and then Berkeley to Portland. Um, and it, it does make sense because the article points out that a lot of, um, that P- Portland is currently home to a thriving comics community and it, like almost certainly the nation's largest, including, uh, uh, bitch planet creator, Kelly Sudaconic and, uh, uh, Casanova's Matt Fraction as two of the key names in images, current, uh, publication lineup. But you can also include in there, um, Greg Rucka. Who uh, who works for Image uh, with Lazarus and with uh, oh what's the other book uh, Black Magic um, and then there's like quite a bit of those and then also Portland is also the headquarters of Dark Horse Comics, Oni Press, and the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Um, yeah, I mean, and and you're talking about a lot of the big names, but Portland's also got a thriving you know, independent press comics scene. And so does Seattle, which is, like, right there. The other thing is the whole point of being in California, uh, starting out in in the L.A. area or Orange County area because it's close to Hollywood, and then moving up to the Bay Area, uh, Berkeley, where there was a lot of independent scenes and stuff like that, and it was, you know, less expensive than living in Hollywood. But it's gotten just as expensive 
yeah. in the Bay Area now. I mean, I live in the Bay Area, and we're dying. So yeah. it, it makes sense. Not that Portland's cheap, but you factor in that this is where they're mining more and more of their talent, and uh, a one-shot plane ride from there to L.A. doesn't cost much, and it takes about an hour or so. Uh, yeah. When I flew up to Seattle uh, a few years ago, it was an hour flight direct. Uh, it was super easy, and I'm betting... I think I kind of remember the airports there are a lot easier to deal with than the ones in San Francisco and even Oakland. Yeah. Uh, I I think that it makes sense. Obviously, it's disappointing because we had the Image Expo in uh, the Bay Area the last few years. It it was nice. I got to go to it a couple years ago. It was a good time. But I don't blame them. I The only thing I worry about is some of the mainstays who've been there for so long, like Eric Larson, who I know lives locally, uh, might have to uproot if he chooses to. It, it yeah. depends on how much of the day-to-day -day he has to be involved in. And with telecommuting and everything else, I more think that it's about the people who work behind the scenes, because I saw a lot of them. They're, they're young. They're God, there was this one guy who was just so smart. He, when he got up on the stage, he was talking... I don't know that he had anything to do as a creator. He was there as someone who just worked for Image and helped organize things, like helped do the show. Uh, Ron from All About Android was Ron, working sorry. for Image at the time. You know, no longer works for Image now and just moved back to New York. Dirk. Um, but, like, all these people that worked for them, obviously it would be easier on them to live in a place where it's not... $2,500 a month for a one-bedroom rental yeah. Uh, yeah. and everything else that's associated with the cost of living in that area. So, yeah, it's smart. It's a smart move. I I wish them the best. It would be nice if... I, when I was unemployed, there was a job for an intern that did not pay nearly enough for the drive that it would have taken me, but I'm pretty sure it was for Image Comics. And uh, I wanted that job so bad. And if my car had been a little bit more reliable at the time, I might have taken it just, even just for a couple of months to just say that I did it and yeah. to make the context and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, if, if it's actually official, if it's happening, I just question how much needs to happen for a company like this to move at this point. Um, it, I don't think it has anything to do with the printing or distribution I think it's more of just the basic, you know, day-to-day -day office stuff, and I don't know how much of an impact it would really make for what they do. Well, so, see, here's the thing. First off, they're going to have to prepare for this journey by doing a big, like, publisher-wide event series that's going to oh, change God. everything up. <laughs> uh How about they just fucking finish Image United? Yeah, I'm calling you out, dicks. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, but yeah, and finally, the last bit of news is news that I love. I love to hear. I heard this all today. Um, and I was actually playing Civilization Five earlier and beat through up the link. And I'm like, add it to the show. Like, I will find a spot to talk about this. And this is that Bill Nye, the science guy, is landing his own Netflix talk show. And right off the bat, I'm saying... Hells yeah. Um, if this is a weekly thing, great. Um, because I, I love this. And 
the show will be called Bill Nye Saves the World, and it will explore science and its impact on politics, society, and pop culture. Um, each episode of the series uh, will tackle a topic from a specific point of view, dispelling myths and refuting anti-scientific claims that may that may be espoused to uh, by politicians, religious leaders, or titans of industry. Um, and it also mentions that this is the his uh, this is his long return since his um, from his 1990s Bill Nye the Science Guy TV show that aired through um, I think I, I can't remember who it was that did it. Um, but it was it later was on bo- Fox. Yeah, it, it was on. Well, it was on Fox. It was on for me. It was on PBS, and then went to a or to Disney because uh, Dis- I think Disney bought acquired the rights towards the end. Um, I'm just going to admit, and uh, I feel no shame in this, I was a Beekman's World watcher. I watched... See, Beekman's World for me was on the Detroit Fox station. It wasn't on the Lansing one, because being where I live, I, I get both Fox and Detroit. Now, if I'm cord cutting, I only get Lansing. But with cable, I get... Um, the ABC, NBC, and Fox, but not CBS for some weird reason, Detroit's. I'm just saying, Beekman had a guy on a rat suit. Yeah, I like no, that. Beekman was cool. I, I enjoyed both of them, um, like I, but I, I enjoyed Bill Nye more. But I, yeah, I, I, I like this. I like the. Attitude. I like Paul Zaloom. I think he's excellent. I actually saw him show up on somebody's uh, science show on YouTube recently, and it was so cool. The yeah. guy's just—he's great. No, yeah, and so this is this is actually one that I've got in an argument with because, as I mentioned here on here, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm a Christian, and a lot of my friends are like, "Oh, Bill Nye, like so super Bill Nye haters," and I'm like. Now, where I might not agree with everything he says, you know, politics-wise, religion-wise, all that sort of deal, he still knows what he's talking about. He's, and they're like, he's not a real scientist. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Guess what? That's why he's called himself the science guy. Not, he's a scientist. Because guess what? I'm a science guy as well. Yeah. I don't have to almost any school and your science teacher is probably not a full-on scientist yeah that's like going to any restaurant and assuming that the person cooking your food (laughs) is an actual chef yeah and he might have a degree in engineering or whatever i don't know beats asking this i don't know but i i enjoy him for the fact that he he made science to me cool like yeah. grow, growing up, he made it to where I understood I understood that stuff easier than just then. Same thing with Beekman's World. Like Beekman's World was the same same way. It was just Beekman's World had that edge where uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy was like a, a little bit more absurd, um, almost like very similar to like Animaniacs in that way, where it had its it had its absurdest moments, where it had the uh, like like I remember the the talking about the states of uh states of matter so solid liquid and gas and you had that you had the student um he, he had the student uh the like co-hosts with him and they'd be like solid 
and like liquid and it's a gas like like a Cheech and Chong's ordeal. I yep. like that. That was cool. Yeah, that I helped mean, me. Anything that quote unquote uh, tricks you into learning uh, by being so fucking entertaining is is incredible. And and someone I, we undervalue educators uh, in in this country way too much. And I just love and appreciate people who who not only like he he did a show and yes he got a paycheck for doing the show and everything but he's continued on trying to bring science to to kids and to necessarily adults uh, in this day and age it's ever since like the show yeah. you said ended in the nineties but he's actually still it, it ended still in it ended in like two thousand two I believe. <laughs> Oh wow! It, the no, early 2000s, yeah. It. Um, but no. So here's the cool ah. thing. So first off, he actually is a scientist because he, as Beat pointed out, by doing research, he graduated in or uh, he he studied mechanical engineering at Cornell University, where he took an an astronomy class taught by Carl fucking Sagan, and graduated with a bachelor's of science in mechanical engineering in 1977. Um, but then to go on the production side of things here. Uh, Bill Nye Saves the World will be produced for Netflix by uh, Boone and Murray Productions, who I think they were the later people that produced Bill Nye the Science Guy. Um, well, it says the executive producers, but the cool part is uh, Michael Nadius, who did the late, sh the late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, will serve as showrunner and executive producer. Writer and stand-up comedian Mike Drucker will serve as head comedy writer and astronomer, author, and award-winning science communicator Phil Plate will serve as the head science writer. Holy fuck, I want to see this show really, really soon. Now, I also want to mention, just because it always it kind of cracks me up a little bit, the first thing that I ever saw Bill Nye on was a show in the early 80s, and it did last uh, apparently through 99, I can't believe that, called Almost Live. Uh, Bill Nye was part of it. It was a sketch comedy show. And this... another person... Joel McHale. Go ahead. Joel McHale was also on this show. Yeah, this is the one that is. There was a few other people that I thought that came out of that too, but like they were the two big, the two bigger ones out of it. Yep. But yeah, this is this is a cool thing to see. I mean, I I love. No, don't don't get me wrong. Netflix has some great stuff going on in their stuff, in in their catalog. Oh yeah, Will and I can explain to me what the fucking underneath is. From Stranger Things, <laughs> fucking down. go for it, Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. Because, see, it's Bill Nye is in this class with me right now. Not with me, like, we're in the same class, but where he, he explains things really well, which is something... Oh, Bill Nye's right here. Hey, guys, let's go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like... Hi, it's him. It's uh, Michio Kaku, I always understood, um, when he had that Discovery show about, like, what he... Basically him being a futurist and seeing the future... Um, yeah, yeah, and see, Beats pointing out all these things here, like Kyle, uh, Kyle Hill with Because Science um, on the Nerdist Network, um, but then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, like all those guys, they made science super easy for me to understand and explain so much so that I was doing this, I was doing this this past week in church because our theme for the children's ministry, um, the the virtue was obedience, but we were using the theme of science, so we got to use. Um, Oh shit! What was it? Um. Well, well. One week we did. We had dry ice, and I was like, "Now be careful, people." But the 
oh, what was the, I, the last one I, I had it and I just said it right away. Oh, it was uh, non-Newtonian fluids. It was cornstarch and, and water. And it, then you like, you, you give it a force and it's solid, but then you like let it go. And, oh, it just all of a sudden becomes a liquid sort of deal. I was explaining that, which I'm like, I feel like such a fucking nerd up here on stage right now with these kids. <laughs> oh, and also I should, I should welcome Dave Nelson, uh, tasteful Dave Nelson to, who is watching live saying, this is my favorite Galactic Network podcast. I know he is lying because he hosts <laughs> well, like three other ones. And that means he does not like his stuff that he does. I was just going to say, Matt and I care about the podcast of terror. Say fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and myself as a hosting the comic book segment on your weekly Galactic Radio segment, also say the same thing. Well, he said current, probably. <laughs> hey, it's future. It's like next week. Um, But yeah, so that is it for the news. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! No, it's... What is that exactly? You know, Superman is an extraterrestrial, so you may hear us talk about him on the Alien Invasion podcast. Hey, it's Dave Nelson inviting you to join myself, Brad Ludwig, and Anessa Moyens for our weekly discussion about all things not of this earth, whether they be gray or green creatures from fiction, the latest stories from the world of science regarding the real possibility of life out there somewhere, or the claim from somebody saying they're already among us. We'll talk about it. You'll hear three stories from the week's news, a featured sighting, and our entertainment picks or warnings rated on a scale of one to five flying saucers, of course. All of it and more every week on the Alien Invasion Podcast, part of the Galactic Netcast Network of Shows. Find us at gncasts.com slash aliens or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. All right, now it's on to, on to nerding out. Um, and I have a nerding out um, for this. Uh, Corey, if you have one you want to do, by all means. But this one, it's actually a plug because we're, we're recording this on August 31st. And the other parts of the season come up tomorrow on September 1st. And this is Shameless Seasons 1 through 4. Um, now I, they'll, they'll be airing Season 7 here in like a month or two, I believe, um, on Showtime. And this is the American version, not the British version, as Evan asked. And is rightfully so as a dude who used to host a show called Pod Save the Queen. Um, but that is 11 seasons... And uh, that's a lot to get through in two weeks. Like, I got through four seasons of, four one-hour seasons of 12 episodes each on Netflix. And, um, but no, so Shameless, it follows the Gallaghers as they live in the south side of Chicago. And, gosh, this show, it's one of the, it's one of these shows that makes me regret not watching it live it, um, in, when it was going. You know, like, like, I'm like, where's this been all my life sort of deal? And, um, yeah, there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of violence and stuff like that. But really Ooh. the heart of it is the fact that the Gallaghers actually care for each other, where it comes across that they don't. And you have, you have the main, <laughs> the main character of um or the father played by William H Macy who is a drugged out despicable alcoholic 
you're you're pretty sure he would almost sell one of his kids for a beer sort of deal. Actually, uh, I take that back because in the first season he did do that. He was going to sell his parental rights to his youngest. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Um, and also, I will point out in our chat right now on the on YouTube, they're saying how they can't have... Uh, they can't play favorites with Galactic Netcast, which I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but with Shameless, it's interesting to see that you have a such a despicable character, actually characters even, um, where like I don't th- I th- I think the only person, the only character you can say that's not despicable is Liam, who's like a baby when the f- show starts. And, but you realize, you, you slowly realize afterwards that they are despicable for a reason. They are despicable for their family, for the most part, or in, um, in, uh, William H. Macy's character for himself, but then also for his family when he realizes, oh, they're going to do something, they're going to get in trouble really bad and it's my fault or, you know, something along those lines. Um, th- th- this show, it's so catchy. The music that they got throughout here the whole time, it's so catchy. So fun, even. Um, the theme song I had stuck in my head all these, like, while wa- binge-watching. I had the theme song, um, Think of All the Luck You Got. I cannot think by the, by, by the band, but that's the name of the song. Stuck throughout through my head the whole time. <laughs> like, last weekend, I was, I was house-sitting for my grandma, and... I'm just in my head playing it over and over and over again. <laughs> and and it was tough. I, I cannot wait for tomorrow with the uh, season five and six coming out. Um, just so I can get caught up to with what they have out, out, out now or coming soon with season seven. But also to see where it goes because you sort of see... Well, first off, you see the characters grow. And um, also for Dave Nelson, who is a big Gotham fan, it features a young, uh, I'm blanking on his, uh, the actor who plays Jerome is in here, and he is great in there, um, Cameron Monaghan, I believe is his name, and it, it almost makes me want to go check out Gotham, because... At first, I'm like, my first impression of him was, oh, I don't like him. He's doing this weird Joker impersonation. But then it's like watching him on Shameless. I'm like, actually, he's really good. He is really good. There's some parts in here because we're getting to the point. I'm getting at the point right now where he was filming this while filming Gotham as well. So I'm starting to realize, like, because like, he came back from, his character came back from boot camp. And he's got the longer hair. And I'm like, oh, wait. He was getting... The, he was filming for Gotham right about this time, I believe, and and just I don't know. I enjoy the show. I I think a lot of people enjoy it. It's not like a it's a sleeper hit or anything like that. It's just there's a new outlet now, and I didn't expect it to be out on Netflix. Um, a lot of the shows that are Showtime originals are on Netflix, with the exception of House of Cards, which I sort of want to say, what the fuck? You Why, mean House of Lies? Or yeah, House of Lies. Yeah, why is House of Lies not out there? Especially when they completed their series, they had their full series wrap up uh, this uh, this past season and all that. 
But yeah, so it may have been something that had a deal that was made prior to all the other things that were happening. So, but it's but no, because it's weird because you have just about every other show. You got Dexter, Nurse Jackie, United States of Tara, um, uh, Happyish, which not enough people watched. It needed a second season. Um, I actually started. I rewatched the pilot for it. I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is good. I remember loving this show when it came out. Um, it doesn't have roadies. It doesn't have anything current. But that still that makes me wonder why House of Lies isn't on there. But yet it's on Hulu. And I think, you know, if you get the Showtime subscription. And I think it might be on Amazon Prime. If, with the, if you do the Showtime package with it. But I don't know. It's just something that I was wondering as I was talking as my mind does so Corey, do you got a nerdy out or should we go to our discussion topic let's go to the discussion topic all right so i got a burp right there uh so you you had some news happen uh recently that almost happened to me a few years ago and it's it's one of those things i think we should talk about and it's that your comic book store that you worked at for a little bit when you were unemployed and um, and that you went to when you were buying comics recently closed? Uh, it Today. Today. Uh, today is the official last day of the comic book box. Now, uh, for a little history, uh, before I moved to California, I've, obviously I've con- collected comics my entire life, so 40-something years. Um, but I worked and managed a comic store in Michigan uh, called Comic City for Bob and Jill, who were basically two of the best bosses you could ever ask for. And when I moved to California, I wound up working at Fantasy Books and Games and assistant managing that when uh, Chris Nelson, who was the manager at the time who hired me, left. Uh, Me and Matt and Mike all kind of took over the store together. And then recently I got to help out at Kathy's at the comic book box uh, while I was unemployed. And just in general, it was extremely nice of her to let me help out. And it was kind of like two friends doing each other a favor. Yeah. But it was a big favor uh, that she was doing me, whereas I always felt like what I was doing for her was very minor. Uh, Although there were days that she was definitely glad not to have to come in. Uh, But Kathy has worked for the store... Uh, for 30 years and owned it for 26 years? I think she had her 25th anniversary of owning it uh, two years ago. So maybe 27 years now uh, where she bought it out from the original owner. Started out in a basement in Petaluma and she moved it upstairs so it got more visibility and then moved it to Roner Park slash Gitati over the last several years, a couple of different locations. So it's shifted around a little bit. But there are people that have shopped at the store, you know, essentially the entire time that she's been a part of it. There are people that have grown up knowing Kathy and only know comics in association with Kathy giving them to him or, or selling them to him. Uh, she is a fixture. She's been... In the newspaper, she was a judge for the Eisners a couple years ago. You know, she is well-known in the industry. She is well-beloved by many people. You know, people like Terry Moore and his wife, Robin, 
uh, consider her a very dear friend. Terry sent her flowers when she opened her new shop. Um, Brent, uh, who does the artwork for uh, Astro City and um, did God Loves Man Kills for for Marvel, for uh, the X-Men and everything. Uh, he's a friend of the, hers. It, like a lot of people, I've met a lot of famous people from knowing Kathy and um, and just a lot of great people, a lot of customers. Customers that I had a fantasy uh, wound up going to Kathy's. And so when I was working there, I would get to see people that I knew from that. But they already knew her. You know, they always talked about her. It would it'd be like there was the fantasy shopping and then there was the comic book box shopping and that was the nice thing is that there was always a good relationship between the two stores um, but there's there's something particularly important about having a local comic store now I know a lot of people don't have local comic shops or they don't have a local comic shop that they feel comfortable shopping at or maybe yeah. doesn't have the best selection or maybe doesn't sell comics primarily and only thinks about it as a, like, oh, yeah, we got some back issues over there, uh, but we, we sell gaming stuff more or we sell this other stuff more. I've seen comic stores that are also pet stores um, because you go with what your business is. So I, I think it's important to, to talk about, you know, having someone who is a part of the community uh, like she is. She always winds up donating comics to the local library uh, or selling them to the local library, depending on how the things are. She has been involved with other shops and other things. Uh, one of one of our friends came in today, and he said when he started his job, when he opened up uh, what was Electronics Boutique in Petaluma, which I think eventually became uh, GameStop, she was the person he went to, the first person who said, okay, we'll do cross-promotion with you. Uh, when the store was getting kind of a lot of flack from Petaluma because it was a big business chain coming into a small business town. Uh, and so that helped him out a lot at a point in time where, you know, that kind of stuff mattered. And not a lot of people were willing to take that kind of risk on this this company coming in. Uh, everybody has great stories to tell about her. And just in general, the great stories that you get from going to your local comic store you know, going in and talking to the other fans every week. Kind of like what we do here, only it's just these are random people that sometimes they're people that you know because you see them come in every Wednesday or Thursday to pick up their books, and sometimes mm -hmm. people who just never come in your shop before, and they're just excited because it's like, oh, man, you know, I didn't know that this place existed, and I didn't know these comics existed, or I've been looking for a local comic shop for a while, and the kind of conversations you have of, like, oh, did you know about this new show coming out? Or have you seen the new X-Men or Marvel Comics movie? Or, you know, man, I remember when Watchmen came out and it took forever for issue 12 to finally hit. You know, those <laughs> kinds of things. Um, that's the reason why I can talk with the kind of confidence and stuff that I do when we talk about comics. Uh, I'm not nearly the collector that I was before now. Um, part of it's financial. Part of it's just... You know, other things take up my time, but I've spent so many years either working at comic stores or or just being a regular at a comic store that, you know, it's it's this kind of conversation that I hunger for. It's it's kind of thing because it it's where I've met some of my favorite people, 
And certainly Kathy is one of my favorite people. The other thing is the things that she's done for us that weren't even comics related. Like my wife's an artist. Um, for those who don't know, the giant zombie head behind me is one of her paintings. Uh, I just like it in here because I do a podcast about terror. But <laughs> a lot of her artwork has been on display at Kathy's shop. And Kathy sold Aaron's paintings uh, just a couple weeks ago. She sold another. She sold two of them in the last couple of weeks. Uh, while she was doing everything else, while showing up every day, working seven days a week for for six weeks straight, uh, to to close up her store, you know she's selling my wife's artwork, and you know that's the kind of stuff that gave my wife confidence to do more artwork and try different things and stretch outside of her, her normal realm, and you know and gives her money to be able to pay for new supplies and stuff at the same time. That's a huge thing to do. You know that's that's an amazing thing to just allow someone to do. And she's done local signings for different artists uh, and, and non-local artists. You know, she's had people flown in. She, It's just, there's so much amazing stuff that can exist in this spot that a lot of people don't even know is there or even know to go show up. Not to mention the things like uh, doing free comic book day every year and the people who sometimes only come in for a free comic book day but her treating them just as she would any other customers who come in regularly you know giving them comics letting them be excited and be a part of this thing and and instilling that excitement in children mm -hmm. who this could be their very first comic book you know she does the same thing Halloween she passes out comics and stuff she's just always been that great person plus she's she's like everybody's mom or sister or <laughs> aunt you know it's she She's the one who will make me take care of myself when I won't think to do it on my own. Uh, she is retiring, not because business is bad, um, because it's not, and people would were like, just please stay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we can't make it without you. It, it's because she's taking care of her family, and she spent the last several years taking care of family, taking care of uh, elderly members of her family who passed away, um, taking care of the family that's still around, and it's just so much. And in that time, she's done very little taking care of herself. you know. And that's why when I was helping out there, when uh, RJ or, or any of the other people that I worked for have worked for, it's we try to look out for her in the way that she looks out for us. Yeah. But she's just this amazing person who puts so much else in front of her own well-being that it's nice to think that, like, not tomorrow. Tomorrow, even though the store is not going to be open, she's going to be there at 10 o'clock in the morning because someone's coming to pick up some of the fixtures. Um, during the weekend, they're going to be still dealing with closing everything out and passing out a lot of the, the stuff to another store that's going to take over a lot of the merchandise. So it's not going to be right away. But eventually she's going to be able to get up and she's going to be able to look at her day and just have that ahead of her for herself. Yeah. And that's kind of an important thing. But, yeah, it's it's really hard to lose what is a staple of your life and to lose the ability to just kind of pop in and and grab your comics and see one of your favorite people or, or many of your favorite people all at once. Um, it's like closing down a watering hole. It's like the end of Cheers. Yeah. You know, the place where everybody knows your name. But... It's kind of incredible, too, because this is something that we want for her. Uh, we want her to be able to just go out on top. 
No, yeah, exactly. That sounds almost exactly like what the when and I've got two two flyers here. I got this little card right here for MegaCon, which is coming up, you know, a couple weeks. Um, and then this one, which I cannot pronounce the name of the con. Uh, yeah, con, 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 I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's more of a science, it's a science fiction and fact conve- convention. And the comic book store that I prefer, because we have two here in Jackson, um, where I live, they are behind both of them. They are, they do, they're a big supporter for Megacon. Um, this is the second one, and this one's going to feature um, Efren uh, Ramirez from Napoleon Dynamite, um, Larry Thomas from Seinfeld, you might know him as the Soup Nazi, um, RWBY and Red vs. Blues, Aaron Zetch, and then Nabangas, the Fool, Crystal Laporte, the Fool is Crystal Laporte, and then also Mark Bagley. Um, Evan Shaner, and then uh, cosplayers Diamond Dog, Sweets for a Sweet, and uh, Victory um, are all going to be there. The cosplayers are going to be the judges for a cosplay conve- uh, cosplay contest. And this is a similar thing. Like the guy who used to own, I think what five, four or five years ago, I think back when we were on Spreecast was when it the switch happened. But he retired from com- from after I want to say about 20, 25, 30 years of owning and running Nostalgia Inc. Um, he was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm old. Actually, no, I think it was longer than that. He had been doing it for a really long time and he had owned Nostalgia Inc. for, I think for 30 years. I think he'd been working in comic book stores for a lot longer and it was, he was just like, it's, I'm done. And instead of the situation that you had where, or where you have where people are buying her merchandise, um, the new owner, he bought everything outright and he's running the show. They're doing, it seems like they're doing a lot more than what, than what, uh, I think his name was Leon was able to do. Um, and that's, and that's the cool thing about this and the, 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 and you you mentioned the people who only come in during free comic book day that's me um and it was more just uh because of how things went about with you know being um with things going there and all that stuff that like i couldn't always get to the comic book store to buy comic books but free comic book day i'm like all right requested time off when I was working at Dollar General and like, all right, I'm going to free comic book day. This is planned out and I got other things going on. So I'm not coming in and they respected that. And it was coming in her and he knew my name. He know, he knows, I feel like he still knows my name. Um, and it's just, it, it's a cool thing to see that, you know, even someone like me who comes in or he, he would come into my work and we would just talk comic books talk all this nerdy all this nerdy shit about all the different things that I'm reading and 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 all that and he, he, being interested that's so cool and it seems like something that the other comic book store if it was like oh the, well they bought all their stuff I'd be like yeah I'm going to go to Ann Arbor to get my comic books or I'm going to go to Lansing to get my comic books 
um, sort of deal. Not over there because I went in there, I think, two or three times. And the when one of them was for free comic book day. They didn't have it labeled. They didn't have it like showing. It was just the comics were sprawled out on top of uh, on top of long boxes, and it was pick what you want. But you didn't. I didn't see that until after I left, and I'm like, "Well, thanks for the fucking sign, you assholes!" Saying I could have taken one of each, and they, and no one at this other store. And that's why I'm not giving. I'm not dropping the name because they don't get a free plug on our show. Um, but they they, they were all chit chatting like they were friends and. And, like, not like they were nerds growing up in high school and know what it's like. And so they're just not going to be inclusionary. They're going to be like, nah, you're a newbie. We don't know who you are. We're not going to talk to you. Sort of deal. Um, at least that was the yeah, it's, it's always tough because you want to – I mean, like I said, it, it's a family kind of feel if you're there every week or you're there all the time that you, you like, you want to chat with people and everything, but you also have to – you have to be aware of the other people who come in. You have to be inviting, and that's that's a retail thing in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is that. You know, well, we're having our conversation. You can drop in the conversation, and that's part of the thing. Of what Kathy was great at is that she was inclusive. Um, but it's, I know it's it's tough, and and some people just don't care. I I've, I've been in, I mean, when I worked at Comic City. Uh, me and Bob and Jill went and toured a bunch of the other comic stores <clears throat> that were in the area, some of them longstanding. I've seen the comic shop th- with the guy with the, the giant beard eating a cheeseburger with half of the cheeseburger stuck in his beard, <laughs> uh, doing transactions out of a cigar box, even though there's a register right there. Uh, just so he doesn't have to do anything on his taxes, and the smell wafting at you that is just like a punch in the face. Um, I know those shops. It is, it is terrifying. Yeah. But that's how comic stores were for a long time, and uh, there's a huge difference between that and a shop that a shop that is brightly lit, mm-hmm. that is inviting to not just men but women and children. That doesn't have scantily clad um, drawings of women up on the walls everywhere. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't have adult books just sitting out on the shelf next to the X Men comics or the Archie comics. Um, oh, shops that have an actual kids section that you know try to make things available. You know try to keep things professional and you know organized. Uh, a, a section with graphic novels or yeah. preferably tons of sections with graphic novels. That's that's kind of the thing. Like, I've gone through in my mind since the first working in a comic store what my dream store would be. And the thing is, is that while there are some differences for, like, maybe emphasis on certain kinds of product um, or um, putting things out in a certain display, like, otherwise, I've worked for what are my dream comic stores. Mm-hmm. You know, Comic City was a huge thing to me. It <clears throat> it felt much more like what you would walk into if you went into, like, if Target or Best Buy made a comic store. But that's because Bob worked for Best Buy and and places like that before he opened his comic shop. You know, and he got fixtures and stuff that came out that were 
like they were all unifying fixtures. Yeah. And then I've worked at Kathy's shop, which is more of a laid back kind of feel, but again, very professional, very open and inviting to any casual person to walk in and feel like, oh wow, this is a comic store. I always heard horror stories about these places. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to that, when it comes to like appreciating and and loving your your clientele and and knowing everybody's names and and having the expectation that you're going to see these people every week and feeling really bummed when you don't get to see them for a week or you know she's had people that have passed away yeah you know that have been really close to her um there was a customer that we knew you know he was dealing with cancer for a long time and then just suddenly one day it was like that was the moment that we weren't going to ever get to see him again. But he came in with his son all the time, and his son, you know, came in and let us know. It, it was just the things that she would... It's not like she ever thought like she was going out of her way, but there was certainly an amount of care that she put forward that not every place would. Yeah. And that that's what's important to me. And, you know, that it these are the things that have taught me to be who I am that are the skills that got me into working as I did through Best Buy and Geek Squad. And, you know, now I'm not even in retail anymore, but those same things are why I've gotten into the job that I have in IT now is because the interpersonal relationship stuff and the the wanting to help people, the actively looking to be there and to, to like, your problem is my problem, How, let's work this out together kind of thing. That's <clears throat> That's what you want out of these out of the stores yeah. like that. And that's that's the kind of stuff that Kathy uh, taught me. Yeah, and I mean, and th- that's those are the stores that I love. Those are the stores that I really, really enjoy going to. Um, like, like a couple weeks ago, I went to over to Ann Arbor with my friends from my church, and my, my one friend, he told me about the comic book store that's right there downtown um, Ann Arbor, and I go in there and I'm like, I love this store. And... I was wearing my, I should say, our different types of captain t-shirt, since you own it as well, mm-hmm. and this R2-D2 hat, and I got a compliment <laughs> on it by the same girl twice, in two separate instances, like, she walked, she's like, oh, nice shirt, and she came back, she's like, oh, nice hat as well, and I'm like, thank you, this is, I feel weird, how do I, how do I accept compliments, sort of deal, um, and it was cool to see, um, because it was a bigger store than Nostalgia is. And I, I, I would give a name drop, but I don't... It's like the vault... I think it's the vault at midnight or something like that. Um, but but it, it's, it, it was just a cool store. Had a downstairs solely for board games. Or for like board and card games. Like you had your uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf down there. Um, awesome. On the shelves. Yeah, it's weird. I ordered it on Amazon after you mentioned it. And now I'm seeing it everywhere. It's like I just bought a new car, and now all I'm seeing are, are that car is that car, um, yep. sort of deal. And uh, like, oh, what they had the I think the the Marvel dice game that's out there, um, all down all downstairs, and it was really cool. And but so B B asks a question. I think this might be where we'll end. Um, is and this is. Do you think that print co- or printed comic books will be the new vinyl in the future? Um, 
I mean, so here's here's the thing with comics and and the collectability thing that that's always kind of the the high point and the low point of comics is yeah. our comics collectible yeah. and our comics about value uh the perceived value of is this going to go up in price? Is this going to go down in price? What's Spawn number one worth now? Uh, pretty much dick. But when it came out, everybody was sure that it was going to be worth a fortune. And for a while, it was worth a lot if you go off of price guides. But what price guides at that point in time were taking into account was that everybody had it. Everybody could get it. <clears throat> And once the collectability wore off because everybody could get the stories and graphic novels, it didn't matter much anymore. Um, so it's only the rare comics that will be valued. So in that regard, print comics kind of are like vinyl anyways. You can go out and get your uh, Kajagugu album uh, it, like used from a either old record store, if you can find a record store, or from a thrift shop or something. But that's not the album that is going to be valuable. Yeah. Uh, and certainly not necessarily the album that's going to be valuable to you. Like, I've got a Olivia Newton-John album sitting behind me because they're fucking Olivia Newton-John. They're prizes to me, you know, and somebody mistakenly sold them for a pittance. Um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is like, printed comics, I think, will continue to exist as long as print continues to exist. And I, as much as they like to to bemoan, well, will they be around forever and stuff? It's, I don't see it going away yet. Yeah. The thing that we've discovered over the last few years is that digital sales, which are doing pretty well, you know, and discoverability of digital and availability, availability of digital, all that stuff seems like it would be a game changer for when it comes to print. But as digital sales are happening and exploding, print comics are doing better as well. Now, there's an ebb and flow to comic sales in general. And uh, Mark Miller and Grant Morrison in the 90s talked about this. Like, there was a 10 year cycle of like where things would get really built up and then they would kind of explode and fall apart again, you know. And that's yeah. when you see things like the death of Superman happen. It's building up. And then you see the 90s purge of like, oh, well, everything's gone to shit. But print, I think, will exist because of the comic shops and that's the only reason why they still exist yeah. um you'll see it you'll see them pop up in walmart you'll see them pop up in target the collections i don't think you'll see single issues like that anymore it's unfortunate they went away from the newsstands because i started out collecting comics because there was comics in front of my apartment building uh, or at my local grocery or the local um dime store and everything, mm -hmm. sitting on racks, you know, yeah. and it was it was always a crapshoot of what was going to be there and what kind of condition it was, but I didn't care. I was reading the stories. Um, the, only, comics... the, the, only <clears throat> com the only comic that I know of that still is in stores, or at least in Meyer, is Archie. The Archie new, comics. The new Archies, even. Yep. And I'm yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, what? This is weird. And, and it makes me wonder, like, is this through Diamond, or how is this? No, well, it's it's yeah. still through a newsstand distributor, because uh, Archie didn't do an exclusive through Diamond. They didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why Archie is still as big as it is, is because it's available everywhere. People look at Archie and like, what, you sell two or three copies of Archie a month? Oh, yeah, we do at this store, but when you add up where Archie is 
everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm in Safeway in line, and my kid sees there's a comic book there for a dollar twenty or whatever, and it's a little cool Digest comic that's got a lot of pages, that doesn't cost a lot, and I know they're going to get a bunch of story out of it. Um, yeah, I'm going to get that kid that comic because it's cost effectively the same as a candy bar, but he's going to spend a lot more time on it, yeah. and he's not going to be any more hyper, and he's going to be reading. <laughs> And he's going to be learning storytelling, and he's going to be learning character interaction, relationship stuff, you know, in Archie format, which is like you said, there's there's the new Archie comics, and then there's the old mm-hmm. Archie comics classics. I love them both, but they're very different from each other. Yeah, it it's just it's too bad that there's not more out, uh, like that out there. But at the same time, there's this whole new renaissance of comics that are happening online, that are only online because getting into a store and getting through Diamond is cost prohibitive, and sometimes Diamond prohibitive. Uh, for whatever reason, they just don't want to put out comics sometimes. Um, but I, like I said, I think that there are people that are always going to associate comics with a comic store. Yeah. Uh, they were either raised with it, or it's like I went to the local movie theater and I saw the new um, Doctor Strange movie, and a local comic shop put an ad in the slides before the movie started and said, hey, if you want to check out Doctor Strange comics and other Marvel comics, we got them here at the shop. You know, stop in sometime, check us out. And it's like, oh, crap, I can go read comics about this character that just saw a movie about, you know. And if Marvel markets well enough, then that can be helpful for you. But once they get in there and they see other stuff that they didn't know existed and they see things that maybe is either stuff that they like, like Adventure Time. Uh, I saw a Clarence comic today yep. on one of the kids' racks. Um, or creators that are doing these other things that are also like doing other stuff. It's like, oh, well, I read Doctor Strange, and I think Doctor Strange is pretty cool, but you have like that next step on it. Oh, yeah, you should check out Books of Magic from Vertigo from the 90s, and then if you like that, maybe you should check out some of the other stuff that they've done. Fables, you can check out Sandman. Uh, you can follow the creators of these things, other stuff. That's, to me, like, <clears throat> it's like going through Amazon to order a book. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the book that you're looking for and Amazon hasn't quite figured out what you're into, they make assumptions, but they can't do what a person in a shop can do, what a really good shop owner or, or comic shop person would do, which is someone comes in and they're like, oh, I... I'm interested in comics, but I don't know what to read. My first question is, what are you into? What do yeah. you like? You know, so many comics... Yeah, there are certain comics I can put in somebody's hands, like Death, the High Cost of Living, uh, or Strangers in Paradise, or Watchmen, or whatever, and I know that they're going to enjoy that. But I want to create an experience for them where it's like I find them that perfect book, or that yeah. perfect starting point. You know, I talk to a kid, and not a kid, but like a teenager... And he's talking about the kinds of stuff he's into, and I'm like, God damn it, you need to read Preacher right now. <laughs> and, he in, and he's like, I, I bought that Preacher trade, and I read it, and I'm back here this week to get the next one, you know, and or I'm really into to what you did here, and what else has this team done? It's like, okay, well, if you want more of a superhero thing, they did Punisher, uh, but if you want to read some of Garth's other stuff, you can go over and read some of the Hellblazer things that he did. Like and it's just it's great to see something grow organically, based off of the individual, and that's why I've always felt that comics need to 
serve everybody. You know, that's yeah. why it's important to not just have superhero comics. That's why it's important to not just have comics that are based around white male uh, power types, that you want to have characters of different race, you want to have characters of different gender, uh, or of varying genders, you want to have characters that, you know, are you want to have kids comics, you want to have teen comics, you want to have adult comics. It's important to serve everyone, and that's why I get frustrated by things like fake geek rhetoric and shit, because I don't think there's a fake geek. I think everybody enjoys the things that they enjoy, and you just have to find something for that person to enjoy to invite them in. Yeah. And it's better for the inclusion uh, than it is to close things up, because... I don't want to read the same comic stories over and over again. And that's that's a frustration I have with Marvel and DC right now is they keep telling me the same stories and it's it's lost its luster. Um, I want to read new stories and I want to see new ideas and I want to get new characters. And I, I'm not saying I want to give up the old characters that I love coming in, but I don't want to just keep seeing Batman fight the Joker over and over. That's boring. Yeah. I, I at least want to see a new take on it. Uh, or I want to see somebody else. You know, I want to see something else happen. And it's okay to keep doing Batman stories and Batman and Joker stories because there's the next audience coming in that is going to be excited because it's going to be their first time seeing that. Um, but why couldn't we and why shouldn't we have more? And that's like we were talking about earlier with Image. Image of 25 years ago is very different from the image of today because the audience grew and changed over time, which is not... Again, to say that there's not a value to what Image had done then. You know, there are people who still read Spawn. There are people like me who are excited about the Youngblood book coming out because it's a different take on Youngblood, but it's Youngblood, and that's yeah. awesome. Um, or people who've stuck it out with Savage Dragon, or people who are like, well, I liked what these creators are doing then. I'm interested in what these creators are doing now. That, to me, is so great. And, again, I don't think that Amazon or even Comixology is very good at making that personalized one-on-one uh, -on -one interaction with the person yet to say these are the comics that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Um, so I, I will I will answer this question and relating it back to my trip to Ann Arbor. Um, one of the first places we went to was um, was an Urban Outfitter. And I kid you not with the half hour to 45 minutes we were in urban outfitter i looked at all the vinyls and you know i, I enjoy the looking at the vinyls because i found a um a back to the future vinyl that didn't have doesn't have the sleeve around it you just you're just buying the disc the vinyl and so on the one side it's the poster with marty going posing like that and all that stuff and on the other side it's the dashboard for the delorean with all that, with the time and all that stuff, and where they're going to be going, and nice. you know, and all these other vinyls, you know, these newer ones like uh, the, the Twenty One Pilots' uh, latest album, or Kanye West, or whoever whoever else they're listening to. But then, and this is what sort of disappointed me, and and one of the ways I, I agree with Mark Marin when it comes to vinyl, and it's they also sell these shitty shitty record players. Like the player might be fine, but the speakers suck, like so hard. And I saw three people by the time I was in there buying those, and I'm like, 
No, okay, I, I get you're going to be hip Mr. or Miss Hipster and buy it on vinyl, but you want good speakers so your music sounds good, not, oh, this must be how it worked in the old-timey days where, where before they invented stereo and whatnot. No, they still had good quality sounds. It's just sound has gotten better. So, and, and that sort of deal. So that's where I don't think that comics will become that print comics will become the vi- the new vinyl in the future because i don't see a world at least a world i that i would pr- that i want where you can go into urban outfitters and you can pick up you know x-men 127 or you know action comics number one of course they're all reprints um but that's also something that sort of ticked me off in that thing in that trip was my friend he asked me because i was in the comic book store and then they went in after i left because i like i was like okay where'd they go because also you know ann arbor different town drove there with a friend biggest fear comes in of i'm left and now i have to walk home yay sort of deal and so i left and i we, i went walking down the road with one of my other friends and he went in there and he's like so show me give me the idea and he already had ideas in his head of but it was of the bigger ones that make the headlines you know like they like how they recently sold a what was it a point a grading of five on the comic books of action comics number one and how it went for like all this big money and he's like show me the big money comics i'm like that's not really what this store is about you know, yeah, I've, I've seen those people come in. Yeah, those. Like, what's the most expensive comic you have in here? That, I don't yeah, know, that's, what's the most expensive amount of money you got in your wallet? Yeah, that's literally what he was like. He said, he's like, so I'm like, that's not really what this is about. This, That's not what I do when I read comic books. I'm not in there for the money. I'm in there for the story. You know, what's going to be a good story? And that's where, you know, because I read, you know, 30, like 30 to 35 comics a week, sometimes longer when video games take up my time fucking civilization um that i get you know it you know slacks to where i've i've gotten all the comics i want to read this week but i still got a big selection from last week so i got about 50 comics i need to get get uh, read and all that stuff and it's like i read them for the stories like i love like to where i i can be that walking wikipedia that beatmaster had mentioned where it's like, and I did that at, at Dollar General, like, a lady came in who was a regular, and she's like, so my son, he's like, wanting to get into comic books, can you help him out? Because she knew I was a nerd. And I'm like, yeah, so what does he like? Deadpool, oh, well, there's the Deadpool comic book series, or if you want to go, you can go to the Harley Quinn and just brrr, all these different books. Um, And so I think there will still be print, you know, like you said, because of the comic book stores, as long as the comic book stores do well, there will still be that. Where the digital comes in are either for the lazy bastards or the towns, like the the really rural areas where you have to drive an hour or two to get to a town that has a comic book store. That's where I think digital is going to, will be king. Because, you know, I, w- I was surprised when... Uh, I went up north with my grandma. We were in, I think, Alpena. And I'm not talking pirating comics. I'm talking like comicsology. But we were up in, uh, I think, Alpena, Michigan. And we were driving... Or no, it was Rogers City. 
and so smaller than Alpina and we're driving through and I'm like there's a comic book store and my gut reaction was like grandma stop after I looked and I'm like is it open is it open is it open I'm like and I'm like grandma stop I want to go there you know we're doing the lighthouses for you but I want to go there <laughs> sort of deal and you know that's cool to see like we're going up north and I'm, one of the things I want to be like look is like okay are there comic book stores around here just so I can go in and get a look at what they got and you know how cool that would be sort of deal you know just go in there and be like because that's how I tie things together like I got the you actually see it behind me the Detroit Pistons hat that's hanging just by the uh, Marvel poster I call that my New York Pistons hat because I bought that hat in New York sort of deal like everything is tied more to me because of I uh, like where I got it or like you know my preacher book I know I got that on Amazon but I know that it also helped out the store and it was because you recommended it to me you know the my superwoman number one or superwoman's number one I got in Ann Arbor I know that it was from that event that adventure and it means more to me I don't get into it for the money because chances are there's not really money I've got a second printing a second or third printing of the Amazing Spider-Man with the Barack Obama variant. And that has no value except for, to me, where I'm like, yeah, that was an interesting thing. I bought that out at Kroger. You know, it was in Kroger. I'm like, oh, mom, 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 I want to get the comic. And she's probably like, you're 16 years old or, or no, you're 20 years old. Buy it yourself. I don't have money. Fine, I'll get it. Sort of deal. And it was, you know, it was what it was. Sort of deal. But that's, so that's yeah, the thing. amount of times of like kids coming in and like I I want this and the parents begrudgingly like, oh wait, I just took my kid into a store where they're going to want to buy everything. <laughs> I, I am taken aback by the urge that they have for me to purchase these things for them. Um, as long it, as it always, as long as the mom, yeah, as long as the parent is saying that about spider-man or you know something age appropriate and they're not coming up with mom mom i want this and it's sex criminals number one or saga number one there have definitely been things that we've had to lean (laughs) parents away from like (laughs) deadpool comics because deadpool comics of course every kid's going to want to read a deadpool comics uh there's not deadpool comics for little kids that's that's a problem we talked about that when the movie was coming out and they were asking about a pg-13 version yeah, that doesn't really exist. Um, but no, and I don't know. That's sort of how I see the future. We did a really like all we missed it is a trivia thing, and we would have ripped off Current Geek. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's gonna do it here for us. So, but 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 before we go, um, want to let you guys know that just like you guys, Galactic Network has a um has bills that has to get paid. Um, you know, where you guys have rent every month, you know, utility bills, um, car payments, all that stuff. We've got that stuff too. We got audio hosting, um, and you know, we've got website hosting that we got to do. You know, if you go to gncast.com, you'll see the website, you know, that don't come cheap. So if you go, if you consider helping us out by going to, uh, by going to the website at gncasts.com slash support. Now, where you go, you'll get two things. You'll get a link to the Patreon page, which it's a one month, set it, forget it, like Netflix thing. You can do as little as a dollar a month. That's a quarter a week. That's a penny 
but like what three cents a day or something like that. I don't know. I can't do math. Um, sort of deal. A little, just a little about however, but but with Patreon you can do however much you want. Or for you shoppers out there, you can do the our Amazon affiliate link. You go through there three. I think it's three or four percent of your purchase. The price does not change. Goes back to us. And again, we're not doing this to make money. Um, we are doing this to so that we can show or so that you know we can keep the keep the ship afloat. So Dave's not uh, pulling money out of pocket to 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 do this. Sorry, to you know to keep the keep the dream alive and all that. Um, so th- and those are the best two ways that you could do this. And if you don't have the money to do either one, share share them with your friends. You know, let, let them know on Facebook, hey, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Hey, this is something that I really enjoy. I think you guys might like it too. And if you have the money, go support them so they can keep doing this stuff. And like we were talking about with uh, the comic store and everything, we, we understand that maybe not every show is for you. You know, maybe you checked out Elsner's this time because someone recommended it, and maybe this isn't your your favorite podcast. We understand that, but that's the whole point of uh, the Galactic Network little. is that just just it's fine. <laughs> you know, I've, I've taken rejection in my entire life, uh, but maybe the Galactic Net- Network has other shows that you might enjoy. Uh, if you listen to us, you might check out the new uh, Galactic Radio show that we've got coming out very soon. Or First you might enjoy interview with Christy Cates. Yeah, if you enjoy uh, role playing games or gaming in general, you might want to check out Adventure Party. If you like getting cool story stuff about maybe how the world could end someday, you might want to check out some of Daryl's stuff over at. Uh, I just blanked. Uh, Sci-Fi Survival Guide. <clears throat> Sci-fi survival guide. I was. I kept wanting to say who knows and reviews, and I'm like, that was, is no, not see, right. Here's the thing, because I, I think our minds are on the same wavelength here. Like we've sort of our, our menses have sunk or something like that. Because That's, I was thinking that whoa. to do the next step of the like, or if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know, Daryl also yes. does who news and reviews. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you should definitely check out Podcast of Terror. Yeah, uh, Matt has nothing but nice things to say about it. Um, so. <laughs> That's a lie. So that's the point, is that uh, the Galactic Network has shows, many shows, and we we are always looking to add more shows to help us figure out, you know, what your interests are. Give us a call. Call us at 805-322-3966 or email us, mail at elsnerds.com, and let us know what you're interested in, what we can do better, what the network can do better, or what the network maybe is underserving you on. Maybe you want a podcast about pie. I would like to hear about pie. I would like to see pictures of pie. I would like pie shoved in my face hole. That's oh, what I need. But what are your I needs? E. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yes. Um, I, th- I thought also, you were talk about the, the mathematical equation. No, we're going to oh. leave that for Bill Nye the science pie. Uh, so... If any of that sounds interesting, and even if it doesn't, because we've kind of underserved it, uh, you can go to gncast.com slash subscribe and find subscription options for all of our shows. Uh, You can also go to our Facebook page under Galactic Netcasts, and you can follow the network on Twitter at Galactic Netcast, uh, or you can follow our producers, Beatmaster80 or Mr. Underscore Fusion, that's Beatmaster and Evan, uh, Gregor is at that Gregor on Twitter. I, 
I don't really Twitter as much, but you can go to donutscomics.com, find some of the comics that I have helped work on, and I help post every week and blog for uh, the zany works of Levi Krauss, very good friend of mine, very, very great artist, and one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, I don't, uh, so I don't, that, do, I don't do too much of the Twitter as well, but what I have been getting more into is the Snapchat, where you can find me there on Gregor1942. That is my old username that I begrudgingly have to use other, or just full-on create a new account, which I'm just lazy enough to where I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> especially with this weekend where I would be gone, I'd be like, Snapchatting fun adventures as I travel up north. The- uh, or his now trips to the Tarka bathroom. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, probably the best thing would be to follow Acolectic Netcasts on the Twitter. Uh, that's where you're going to see feeds from all of our various shows, and that would make yes. the most sense. Yes. So as far as this episode is concerned, this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you all next week. Or else. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.